I saw Kevin drop down. And then my feet gave out a little bit underneath me. And Kevin had fallen into a crevasse. And I was beside him. And so at this moment, real concerns started to rise up. Like, we're in a bad situation. This is not good. From outside, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, a series of near misses spur an Army veteran to go in a new direction. After this. My name is Brian Mockenhub. I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I spent most of my adult life as a journalist, and much of that time was spent covering conflict in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then writing about the military, writing about the effects, physical, psychological effects of war, and writing about uh, the outdoors and adventure sports. I was in the Army. I served as an infantryman with the 10th Mountain Division. I served two tours in Iraq in 2003, shortly after the war started, and then in 2004 and 2005. We did a lot of mounted and dismounted patrolling, regularly received small arms, fire, mortars, rockets, roadside bombs were a pretty big threat. And then after I got out of the army, I returned to journalism and went several times to Iraq and Afghanistan to embed with army, air force, and marine units over there. In 2010, I was in southern Afghanistan and I was embedded with some paratroopers from the 82nd Airborne. And we're out on a foot patrol going down this dusty road. I had been walking with this soldier and we came to this crossroads. Part of the patrol went to the right, he went off to the right. I wasn't sure which way to go. I chose to keep going straight. We continued on towards the village and about five minutes later, there was this massive explosion. Could feel the concussion roll through our chest. I looked to the right and there was this big cloud of smoke and dirt rising up through the trees. And the soldier that I had been with had walked over a patch of ground and a massive bomb detonated under him. He lost his legs and then he'd end up getting an infection. He died about a week later. I don't know what would have happened if I had followed him. Maybe it would have blown up under me. And at the very least, I probably would have been hurt pretty badly. And then about a week later, I was with this same unit and we spent about 24 hours in this small compound in the farm fields in southern Afghanistan surrounded by the Taliban. And that was also kind of distressing. Those moments in Afghanistan certainly caused me to start reconsidering what I was doing, why I was doing it. But I still went back to Afghanistan a year after that. But that seed had been planted about, is this worth it? Why am I doing this? And I think in some ways, what kept me going back to Iraq and Afghanistan was touching into something that I had experienced when I was in the military and that risk, that danger, that as awful as it is sometimes, there's that part that is, it's enticing because the rest of the world falls away. Because in that moment, nothing else really matters than what is happening or what might happen in the next few moments. It's an environment I knew from the military, who's being back as part of this group, with this camaraderie, with this sort of feeling of being protected by the people around you, being part of that team. 
But each time I would go out and do that, there would be this question, like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this voluntarily. And that's where spending time in the outdoors started to replace for me some of the intensity and excitement of being in combat environments. In 2011, I had climbed a mountain in Nepal with several wounded Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, one of whom was a guy named Steve Vasquez, who had been blinded by a roadside bomb. And a year after that, he and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro together. We were with a group and I was guiding him up the mountain. And then together with a couple other friends, we were going to climb Mount Elbrus in Russia, the highest mountain in Europe. It was Steve and myself, Matt, Kevin, and Dan. Elbrus is considered to be a pretty straightforward mountain. We were climbing without a guide, and this was some, you know, some foolishness and some sort of naivete that we thought about a lot in later times. So the five of us had set off about midnight for the summit. We had been climbing for a few hours. Matt started to not feel well, and he wanted to turn back. So Kevin, Steve, and I turned back with Matt. Dan was feeling pretty good. There were some other climbers who were around us on the mountain at the time. So we split up, Dan continued on. We were gonna descend down the slope and cross back over towards, towards the camp. The wind really started kicking up, turned into a whiteout. We were gonna make our way back to base camp, sort of out of the peripheral vision to my left. I saw Kevin drop down and then my feet gave out a little bit underneath me and Kevin had fallen into a crevasse. And I went in up to about mid thigh. So fortunately for Kevin, he was short roped to Steve. He stopped Kevin from falling in further. I backed out of the crevasse and we didn't realize until that point that there were crevasses all around us that were covered up by this fresh layer of snow. There was a thunderstorm, a snowstorm parked overhead, and you could almost feel the electricity in the air. And I thought, are we gonna get struck by lightning? What have I done? Why am I out here? How did this come to pass? We got Kevin pulled back out of the crevasse, sort of collected our thoughts for a moment, and that was the four of us making our way back. And the storm continued, Kevin was out on point and he would take a few steps and just stab his trekking pole around. And if it came to a place where he stabbed through the snow, if it was a very big crevasse, we'd walk around it or he would step or jump across. I'd say it was about 18 hours after we had started, we made it back into the base camp. It's hard for me to know change in the moment and maybe to fully understand what's happening. That time at the crossroads in Afghanistan, I was pretty shaken up by it and I felt really lucky. And that time on Elbrus, the immediate thing that came from that was immense relief. But it took a lot longer for all of those things to stew and to meld and for me to ultimately be able to make some sense of what those events, what those incidents and all these other ones had meant in my life. I started to realize that I'd spent a lot of time looking elsewhere for some understanding of myself. And I'd chosen to believe that I could be defined by the experiences I had had, by the stories I wrote, by the places that I had been. 
it started to feel more and more like I was chasing something that was unattainable, that I wasn't getting there. And I was still aware of this question, this pretty uncomfortable kind of question and curiosity about who am I? What am I about? And that led me then to this place of, as I'm journeying kind of into and through myself, wanting to be able to share in other people's journeys and perhaps offer them a companion to walk with on the path for a while as they're trying to navigate where their life is taking them, where they're feeling stuck, where they're struggling. I went back to school in 2019 for a three-year program for clinical mental health counseling. I now see a mix of kids, a lot of adolescents, couples, families, adults who are working through anxiety, depression, trauma, just the sort of human things we all struggle with. I still love the outdoors, but I think I'm drawn less to the adventure and exploration, drawn less to the risk, because in this season of my life, I've turned that focus inward. Ryan Mockenhop is a psychotherapist and yoga instructor in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He served two tours in Iraq with the U.S. Army and has written for Outside, The Atlantic, Esquire, and Backpacker magazines. You can find him on LinkedIn at Brian Mockenhop. This story was produced by Mike Kessler. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to OutsideOnline.com slash Daily Rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus members who make this show possible. If you're not already a member, you can join us at OutsideOnline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.